Welcome to the How to Pray segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, where we take time every week to talk about tools and lessons to help you pray, model ways to pray, and host conversations with different people about what they're learning about prayer and how they are growing themselves. I hope this encourages and equips you and that you enjoy today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Some Podcast. I don't know where we're going to put this, Jake, but we're going to put it somewhere. You just said Some Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> And it can be podcast with Jake Baird, uh, staring staring Jake Baird, <laughs> Jake Baird from Detroit, Michigan. I'm excited Ladies and to gentlemen, be here, man. Jake good. Baird, say say hello to the people. Hey everybody, it's good to have y'all. <laughs> Tell them they look good today. Jake. Y'all look great. <laughs> look great. Sound don't great. know where you're listening. Don't know where you're watching, but we love you. We do. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jake Baird is on the podcast today. We're gonna get to know Jake. We're going to get to know Comeback Come City Church. So for those of you who are new or have been uh, part of our church and living under a rock, <laughs> we are friends with Jake Barrett and Comeback City Church. Uh, so and then Caleb and Bree Hart were with us for a while. Yeah. They are moving up to Michigan yep. as of this week. Yeah, they'll be there this so week. So we love Comeback City Church, and we're going to just you. get to know Jake. And uh, they've become part of the friend circle, family circle of Antioch here in Indianapolis. Yeah, man. It's been so fun. So we're going to be hearing, hopefully, from them and getting updates and all that kind of stuff yeah, as time absolutely. goes on. But, you know, yeah. the whole point of these podcasts, whichever one we put this on, one is how to pray, one is Jesus people, we'll, we'll men- meld them all yeah, together. Yeah. But we just like talking about what we're learning about how to, how to follow Jesus in different That's ways good. and things we've seen God do and all that sort of stuff. So uh, are you qualified to talk about that? Do you follow Jesus, Jake? <laughs> I follow Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified, <laughs> oh but I can gosh. talk about that. <laughs> I love, love talking about Jesus. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about Comeback City, but first of all, brief background of you. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Yeah. When did you start following God? Yep. Yeah, we'll do the brief cool. version of that. How yeah, about that? So born and raised here in Indianapolis, my wife and I both. Um, What's out of town? So Lawrence, Cat- mm, the Castleton area. Nice. So we have a uh, you know, a real affinity to this area that you guys are in. Hey. So my wife went to uh, Lawrence North High School. I went to Lawrence Central. Okay. I'm a few years older than her, but we actually met at the last church that we were at. Yep. And uh, got married. It's an interesting story. Uh, my pastors actually connected us together. Okay. And uh, it was Kate, actually, Pastor Dave's wife, said to me, she was like, hey, what do you think about Cassie? And I said, ah, I don't know. And um, <laughs> uh, I just wasn't really interested in dating or anything at the time. But um uh, obviously when I saw her, I was very interested and, um, we started to talk a little bit and, uh, I'll never forget. I called her one night and asked her out on a date, you know, yep. um, guys, you should always call. Don't just, uh, Insta chat or oh, Snapchat man, or Facebook. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need, oh, to, you need to call. And, um, liking an Instagram picture does not count as asking not on count. a date. That does not count. Big difference. And so called her and, uh. Asked her out. We went on our first date in Broad Ripple and uh, sixteen. Shout out Broad yeah, Ripple. Broad Ripple. You might have been next to my house. Yeah. It was did you go on? A, did you go on a walk? A little. No. No. Okay. Walks. You might have walked past yeah, my house. Just, just a little Mediterranean place. Which one? And uh, I don't. You know. I don't remember the name. It's like right on the right on the oh, little bridge. Canal Bistro, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Canal Bistro. Delicious. It's good. It's really good. And um, so took her there to eat. And uh, sixteen days later, I asked her to marry me. Well and done, she sir. She said yes. Wow. So That makes two of you that are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You asked yep. and she said yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and my goodness. So a couple months later, we got married. And then, you know, when you get married that quick, you, yeah. you know, you wake up a year later and you start asking. So, you know, hey, babe, what kind of movies do you like? <laughs> <laughs> are there we any other restaurants? We should probably start dating. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we've been, we've been married four years now and it's that's been great. Awesome. And the Lord's been really good to us. And, um. So uh, I grew up in church. My dad yep. was was a pastor, 
So I uh, uh, grew up in kind of a non-denominational, charismatic church. And when I was 18, started getting in a lot of trouble, got in mm-hmm. a lot of trouble with the law. And by the time I was 21, I found myself in a jail cell for drinking and driving and just cried out to God, gave my life mm-hmm. back to him. And I tell people still to this day, I don't know that there's been another time in my life where I felt more freedom wow. than I did in that jail cell when I gave my life back to Christ. Wow. And he just started piecing my life back together. So like in that moment, yeah. God touched your life. Yeah, there was like, God's here. Yeah, there was real freedom, wow. man. Amazing. And um, all the depression left, the yes. sadness left. Um, I just felt like it was time to stop running. And yeah. The Lord embraced me and brought me back and started piecing my life back together. And that wow. was, you know, 13 years ago. Come on. It's been an incredible journey. And um, but my life uh, would be totally different if he hadn't come and saved me in yeah. the jail cell, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So what what was that? What was that moment like? Was it just like, dang, okay, God? Yeah, I don't know. Give us a little. I, I love hearing about the, the yeah. moment. <laughs> so um, I actually did. It's funny. I like to say I did the tour of the local county jails because nice. I got in a lot of trouble, man. So. <laughs> I got in trouble in Hamilton County and Marion County and everything that has a county. Yeah. Right? I just got in trouble. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, the last the time. The traveling evangelist. That's right. The traveling evangelist. <laughs> the last time I, um, I got arrested, it was in, um, it was in Greenfield. And uh, I was actually, I had had three DUIs at this time. And so I was actually facing prison time now mm-hmm. and looking at having felonies on my record because I was uh, considered a habitual offender. And so it was a really big deal. So I yeah. didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, I'm 21 years old, realized that I'm going to lose everything that I love. Mm. And um, when you're in when you're you're in jail, you definitely have some time to reflect on life <laughs> on why you're in jail. <laughs> yeah. But the, the worst part about it is when you come in, when you come into jail, some people don't know this, but when you come in. Um, and you're intoxicated, they sit you in what's called the drunk tank. And uh-huh. it literally is d- just a cement block that they pump cold air into to wake you up. And there's nothing in this cement block except a, uh, an open toilet right there oh. in the middle. And then there's also just this giant circle that's carved out in the concrete uh, with just some wiring over it. And that's where everybody uh, that's sobering up yeah uh, gets to throw up right and so this is not a cool place to be oh my goodness so i was in there for probably about 20 hours sobering up and Oof. when i when i came to and realized everything that was happening in my life i just said all right lord i'm i'm tired of running wow i'm tired of running and almost instantly i could just sense his presence mm. his freedom um i just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything was going to be okay i didn't have any idea how it was going to mm. work out i just knew that it was going to be okay and Uh, Just a few short weeks later, I got out and the Lord just started. I didn't have to go to prison. I was able to go through like a a diversion program. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord just started bringing people into my life and piecing things back together. It was really incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fun. Hate to ruin the moment, but my mic is falling. (laughs) (laughs) That's really really intense. (laughs) That's great. So that was 13 years ago. Yeah, man. 13 years ago. And now you live in. Detroit. Yeah, we're just uh, twelve, about twelve miles south of Detroit, and what's okay. called Downriver Detroit. Yep. And um, the Downriver community is a middle class, mm-hmm. blue collar, hardworking community. That's where all the Ford factories are. Okay. Um, everybody drives an American-made truck, an American-made car. You don't drive right. foreign down there. Don't there, drive foreign yeah, in Detroit City. <laughs> we learned that quick. We had a little two thousand seven Lexus. Had to sell that quick oh, and trade man. in for an American-made truck. Well so done. We're part of the community now. That's awesome. Yeah. So you moved when? 
in was it April or something? Well, we made the decision in April. Okay, okay. And we we moved July thirty first. Okay. So as you know, we were part yep. of a mega church in town, yep. and um, just an incredible, incredible church. And I owe everything to I Town and Pastor Dave and Kate. They really took a chance on me. Yeah. Um, you know the the part of the the gap there in my story from where I got out of right, jail yeah. to finding the mega thirteen church. year gap. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, when I was twenty one and gave my life back to Christ, um, uh, I think it was about four years later that I-Town came to Indy mm-hmm. to plant. And uh, at the time, my wife and I came to the very first service, fell in love with the church, fell in love with the pastors, and just jumped all in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I knew God had called me for more. Like, there was ministry was something that I, I really wanted to do. I just didn't know what that would look like. And so um, uh, fell in love with that church. And six months into that church launch, I walked through the darkest time of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife at the time... I was pregnant with our middle boy, Judah, and eight weeks after he was born, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and she wasn't breathing, and um, just a few hours later, we rushed her to the hospital. A few hours later, she passed away. Yeah, uh, Her heart had just stopped beating in her sleep, and the doctors don't really know why or what happened. Um, it was just a really tragic, tragic thing, and so that part of my story is important because it, it's really what catapulted me into ministry. Pastor Dave and Kate kind of took me under their wing, let me live with them. Everything I know about being a man, a father, mm. a leader, a pastor mm. comes from them just taking yeah. me under their wing. Yeah. And um, and so we're incredibly grateful for my family is incredibly grateful for them. Yeah. And so absolutely. we got to watch the church grow from yeah. a few hundred to, you know, they're doing amazing things yeah. in the community now. Yeah. And always have been. But in... Um, uh, four years after my, my wife Kylie passed away is when I met my wife now, Cassie. Mm-hmm. And um, at, at that time, I was on staff at the church at I-Town, and we were leading, and, and it was fun watching the church grow. And really, we had everything you could ever want, man. Um, we had a good you know good salary. Kids were in Christian school. We had just built a brand-new home in Noblesville. Mm-hmm. But uh, around the, the first of this past year, 2018, I just started kind of feeling depressed or discontent couldn't figure out why i mean we had everything you could ever want yeah but um after talking to pastor dave uh, my pastor began to realize that um you know maybe god was calling us to do something else and so in april we decided that we would go plant a church and we didn't know where we had no idea where we were going to go so that was the first question i asked my pastor i said so what where do we go? Yeah. You know, what do you do? Yeah. He said, that's easy, Jake. You just make a list of every place that you'd ever want to live in. Go visit those places. And when you fall in love with the city, that's where God has called you to plant there a church. You go. <laughs> so it sounds easy enough. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're thinking, okay, any place. So sunshine, yes. beach, right. mountains, maybe an island. Maybe an island. Know, who knows? No we'll people just, yeah, on it. Yeah, just we'll <laughs> just suffer for Jesus out there in the sunshine. And um, But I'll never forget, man, six days into praying, uh, my wife and I, we were getting ready to go to a wedding. And uh, I turned to her and I said, babe, I, I feel like the city God is calling us to is, these were my exact words, I said, is a blue collar, middle class, hardworking, gritty environment mm-hmm. uh, with a people who have been through a lot but are ready to come back. Come from. on. And uh, she looked at me and she said, I feel like those are the, the scriptures of our city. And about 20 seconds passed and I said, babe, I, th- I think it's supposed to be somewhere in Detroit. And she literally said to me, she said, I, I think I just I just got goosebumps. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be Detroit, too. Wow. And from then on, man, anytime anybody would talk about Detroit yep. or we'd see it, man, our hearts would just flutter a little bit. Yep. And uh, so we sold our home, packed up everything, and uh, made 
made our way yeah. to the Downriver community, and we're loving man. it. It's exciting. I, man, that's so fun. I remember because we, you and I met probably five years ago or mm-hmm. something like that, and yep. we had kind of connection every six months or something, yeah. and then um, we, you know, obviously moved back, started our church, and then I remember you called me one day. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go start a church, and I uh, would love to connect with you, and I think uh, I think that was in, be- that must have been in between those six days. Yeah. Because from what I remember, <laughs> it was right away. It yeah. was right away. Because from what I remember, I asked you where you're going to go, and you're like, "Man, I don't know." And so we kind of started texting. A few days later, you were like, "We're going to Detroit." I was like, "Dang, that was fast, Detroit, <laughs> sweet. All right, come on, man, go for it. Do yeah, you? Man. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So fun, so yeah. fun." Um, and then, so tell us a little bit about the church. You figure out we're going to go to Detroit, yep. and uh, tell us where the name comes from yeah. and, and what your heart is, kind of what your tagline is, because yeah. I think it's really fun and yeah, powerful. Thank you. Uh, so the name of the church is Comeback City Church. I love that. And um, uh, I kind of stole this philosophy from my pastor, but I love the way that churches were always named after the communities. Yeah. In the New Testament, Paul named his churches after right. the cities. So you, know, you got the Church of Philippi. And, mm-hmm. uh, all of the letters that he wrote, he wrote back to churches that were named after their cities. And so I liked that idea. So we just started thinking through, well, what's what's a cool name for Detroit? Coincidentally, uh, Detroit Church was already taken. So oh, the there first, you go. Yeah, it was already taken. <laughs> Uh, a good friend of mine actually pastors Detroit Church oh, in, that's in awesome. downtown Detroit. His name is Sonny. He's doing an incredible, incredible job there. But um, so we wanted something that would reflect. I set out to name the church after something that would reflect the city. Right. Um, but as we began to talk, we also began to realize that we're probably going to name the church after um, the type of people that we are. Mm. And one of the nicknames for Detroit right now is America's Comeback City. Come on. So this idea of comeback um, kind of settled in our heart early. Um, and when we started Googling the name Comeback City Church and realized nobody had taken it, we, we also realized that, man, our story is a comeback story. Right. My story is a comeback story. Right. And there's a people uh, mm. in Detroit that are ready to come back home. And and so Comeback City Church means more than just the community that we're in. Yeah. It, it talks about, I believe it communicates what God wants for the totally. city. wants them to come Absolutely. back. Absolutely. And so... Um, you know, our, our vision, kind of the tagline that the Lord has yeah. given us is that we're building a church that builds a city. Amen. And God loves cities. Yes. Yeah, he's got a heart for cities. Yes. He's got a heart for the people in cities. He's got a heart for the brokenness in cities. He's also got a heart for the incredible potential that's in cities, mm-hmm. what cities can do and how they right. can influence culture. And so we see our community being a comeback community. We really do believe that there will be a day when a generation will grow up in Detroit, Metro Detroit, the Downriver area, and unless they read about it in history books or hear yes. from their parents, they won't ever know yes. that it was a difficult place to Come live on. in because it'll be one of the best places to live. We can see it. Yes. And so um, this whole idea of a comeback is really the story of my life and what uh, what I think God wants to do in Detroit. I love that. That's so powerful. <laughs> so Comeback City Church, building yep. a church that builds a city. Yep. Dude. I believe that. Thanks, man. My goodness. Thanks. I believe that. Well, we so everybody listening, as we hear about Jake and Cassie and the crew up there, be praying for Detroit. Every time you see Detroit on the news, you better believe that's a comeback city. Yeah, man. Come that's on. Right. We, need to be, we need to carry that in faith. That's going to be so good. Thank so you. tell us a little bit about what's happening there. So you moved up in July. Yep. I know uh, as you and I have been talking, you and I talk about, about every week. And um, 
you know, you've been doing tons of different stuff. You guys have had dinners and vision meetings, and all that kind of stuff. And you were telling me, you know, I don't know when we'll kind of air this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when when the whole world's going to listen to it. But uh, <laughs> you guys are starting uh, a small group yep. this week. Yeah, man. So kind of tell us about kind of what's the what's the runway look like going forward? Yeah. So we moved in uh, moved in August and um, really a miraculous journey that that got us there. Um, the Lord really provided for us. We didn't know what we were going to walk into when we got there, but we knew uh, we had we had some family that was close to where we were, and they since they knew we were coming anywhere close to them, they knew they'd want to be a part of the church. And then our best friends, Caleb and Bree, were moving mm-hmm. with us. But other than that, we didn't know anybody in the community, so we're trying to we were trying to meet as many people as we could. And um, we moved into the home in August, and. Um, we knew that we were going to launch in September of 2019. So we knew we had to build a team, raise funding, do whatever mm-hmm. we could to launch the church. And um, so what I decided to do was get out and just try to be around the culture and the environment, learn right. the, the culture and the environment. So we knew we were going to have to do small groups, but who was going to come? Like we yeah, didn't right. have anybody to come. We <laughs> knew we'd have to build a team, but where are we going to find these people? Right? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I started doing early was just visiting any place in town where people would gather. Yep. And I like to say during that time, I developed the spiritual gift of eavesdropping. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't even, in the early days, you know, in September, October, I wouldn't even really go up and meet people. I would just, I literally would just listen to their conversations nice. and just see, because I want to know what was important to yeah, them. Yeah, I know yeah, it I sounds that. creepy. But I love it, dude. I want to know what's important to the yeah. people. And what are they so talking you go about? to a coffee shop and yeah, listen man, to people go, talk. Yeah, go act I like it. I put my headphones in, act like I'm listening to something, but I'm listening <laughs> to their conversations. Nice. And, um, and so, I'll, you know, I'll never forget um, in September, I was uh, sitting in a shopping mall and uh, mm. I met, met this, uh, this little old man named Bill. And Bill came and sat down next to me. He's a 68-year-old Vietnam veteran. And um, he and I hit it off. We talked for about an hour. And come to find out, Bill uh, was married once. And 12 years into his marriage, he, his, his wife and two little kids just left him. They were just mm. gone. And he gets a call from his wife a week later and finds out that his wife is going to divorce him and is taking the kids with him mm. and move to the East Coast. So um, this was about 30 years ago. Dang. And to this day, Bill has never reconnected with his wife, who's passed away. Wow. He's never seen his daughter, who's an adult, and has only recently begun to reconnect with his adult son. Man. And um, so, you know, the, the thing about Bill that I learned from that conversation was not only has he been alone all mm. this time, um, but he was feeling so alone that he would come to that mall that I was at as often as he could just to be around other human beings. And Dang. we couldn't help, after having that conversation with Bill, coming back home and talking to my wife mm. about it, I couldn't help but just imagine how many Bills there were in our mm. city that don't have a family, don't mm. have a church. There's great churches in our community, right. but I can't help but think every Sunday God is screaming at church saying, mm. who's going to help me find Bill? Mm. What about Bill? And, um, and to make a long story short, we started hosting dinner parties in our home in January and we started inviting some of the people we were meeting and Bill was one of the people mm-hmm. that we invited. And I never once talked to Bill really about, um, his lifestyle. You know, he's an alcoholic because mm-hmm. he, he really doesn't have anybody yeah, who right. drinks a lot, but I'll never forget, man, the very first, um, dinner party at our home, he comes, I'm showing him around the home and he says, Jake, sit down for a second. Mm. I said, okay. He said, Hey, the other night while I was drinking, it occurred to me why you're here. 
And this shocked me because he knew we we're here to plant the church. I didn't know where he was going. And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, he said, Jake, um, it occurred to me that God sent you here mm. to save my life. Dang. And I didn't know what to say. And so I didn't yeah. say anything. And he looked at me and he said, and Jake, since I know God has sent you guys here to oh. save my life, I think it's time that I try to save my own life. Mm. And he said, so I've decided to stop drinking. Wow. And I've been sober now for three days. Oh, my gosh. And, bro, I never talked to him about drinking. Never once. Oh, my but goodness, Bill dude. has been sober for almost three months Come now. Come on, man. And, and in that same conversation, he said, not only have I been sober, but he said, Jake, you know how you've been telling me that God has a purpose for my life? Yes. I said, yeah. He said, I believe God does still have a plan yes. for my life even if it's just to be an example to your new congregation. Oh my gosh. I mean, you Dude. can't you can't make this stuff up, man. Uh. And the Lord moved in his life because we leaned in relationally, the Holy Spirit moved. And so now Amazing. now we're seeing this team of people who have similar stories or God yeah. doing things in their life and they're gathering in our home and they're excited to hear the vision and excited mm -hmm. to hear how we're going to do church and be a part yeah. of the team and take this message of Jesus to the yeah. rest of the city. Come on, I'm excited man. about dude. It, that's man. so good. I remember Thank you me. calling me freaking out about that. Yeah, man. I was, oh man, dude, that's just one of those things. It's like, I love that you said. I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> Sometimes what, it's best to not what do say you, anything. Man, yeah, man, that's just amazing. Yeah, I love you. that. That's just like amazing what the Holy Spirit does. Something we've started saying around here more because I feel like I've just been seeing it in my own life, and I'm like, dang, this is just true. It's like if you'll give God a little bit of space. He consistently over delivers. So good. Man. You know, like he just, he so loves good. people. I think there's so much to learn from that. Like personally and just for all of us, like, yeah, we just need to give God room. Yeah, you know, man. like we don't have to worry about being right or making people do right or what, yep. all that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, man, all of us need adjustments made. Let's just let, let's, let's love each other well. And I love that you're continually speaking, you know, into yep. his life. Like God's got a plan for your life and all yep. that kind of thing. And, and so, yeah, God cares about the alcoholism, but there's kind of maybe there's a uh, there's a schedule that there's a priority level yeah. to some of these things. Yeah. It's like, let's get Bill's heart That's first right. and then let's let God That's deal with some right. of this other stuff. And I think yeah. you're so good at that. The 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 way we say it um, at our church is we're going to help people move from where they are to where yeah, God wants them totally. to be. And, you know, God's. God's dream for Bill's life is not that he wouldn't be an alcoholic. Mm. Like that's yes, part of the process, totally. but that's not God's right. God's dream for his life is so much bigger yes. than that because Jesus said in John 10 that I've come to give you life right. and life more abundantly. Amen. And so many of us are living life, but we're not living it to the full. Mm. In Amen. fact, I would, I would even submit that many of us aren't living life. We're just existing. Mm -hmm. We're just breathing. And God has this dream for us. Yeah. The same dream that he had in the garden when he put mm -hmm. Adam and Eve, this dream to produce so much more, more mm -hmm. than we could ever ask or imagine. And that's what God's dream is for Bill and for mm -hmm. every one of us, for yeah. all those that are listening. His right. dream is to do so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Yeah. And I think the goal to, um, uh, you know, I learned this from my pastor, but I think that the goal of discipleship is not that we become Bible scholars. Reading right. the Bible is important, yeah. but the church doesn't need uh, more Bible scholars or more theologians. Um, those things are important, but mm -hmm. what the body of Christ needs is people who are moving. Mm -hmm. Let's just continue to, yeah. don't stop moving, keep moving. If we're, if we're continuing to move towards the things of God, he's going to grow us. Yeah. That's you so know? good. Man. It's exciting to take that journey with people. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's huge. I, I remember just personally for me, like when I was just starting to follow Jesus, when I, feel like I kind of started to sort of start grasping that, like you just said, God's plan for my life wasn't just to not sin, you know, and I yeah. think that's, that's true for all of us. And I wonder, 
I, I think that there's so much uh, power available to us as the people of God. I think we, I know I can, and I've spent too much time doing this and still can get so distracted by, I get like so distracted by sin. Like it matters and we got yeah. like, God cares, but like Jesus died to save us from that. So good. And so that it matters that much, but it's also like that taken care of, Yeah, you know? So like I'm free to love people and I'm free to let God love me and all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's, that's where I learn. That's where I see like, uh, my personality or gifts or whatever start to come unlocked and sort of empowered yeah. when I start realizing, man, I don't need to spend my whole life like squeezing and white knuckled like oh shoot don't screw it up don't screw it right, up don't screw right, it up yeah. like don't don't go do something sinful and all that yep. kind of stuff but actually get busy giving our lives fully for the kingdom of god and it's like sin starts to fall away at that point because you're just busy with bigger yeah. and better things it's so good man and it's, i want to live that way yeah and i experienced that in my own life you know mm, when i lost yeah. when i lost my first wife kylie um if it wasn't for uh if it wasn't for a group of people that took me under and let me do life with them. I don't know where I'd be today. But what I experienced uh, just a short time after her passing was I realized that there there really are just two different groups of people in the world mm. when it comes to pain. Mm. There's mm. a group of people who learn to get past their pain and a group of people who get stuck in it. And yeah. so I desperately wanted to figure out what the difference between the two were. And I, I learned this principle during that time that the the difference between people who get stuck in their pain and those who learn how to get past their pain mm. is one very simple thing. The people who get past their pain have just simply found something bigger than their pain to live for. Wow. Wow. And the people who get stuck in it, they haven't found that. Wow. Yet. They haven't found their purpose. They don't wow. know why they're here. And so, of course, the greatest level of pain in their life is going to be the thing that consumes them. Yeah. But when we find something bigger than our pain to live for, there's wow. still a scar. There's right, still, right. still hurt. Totally. Right? But you're able to live for something bigger wow. than yourself. Wow. And I think I want that for everybody who comes yeah. to our church. I know you want that for, yeah. your, for your people, too. Yeah. And if we can wow. embrace that, man, it changes the way we do life. That's amazing, man. That's so good. Um, you've already been sharing some of this, but just even as over the last couple of months, of, as, you, as you and I have been talking consistently and stuff, I've been so encouraged that not only is your church awesome and God's doing amazing things there, Thank but you. even something I've told people who have asked how you're doing and stuff like that here one of the most encouraging things is it's so clear and obvious how much you're growing in a love for Jesus along the way. And it might sound silly to say that to somebody who's planning a church, but mm. we all, it, no matter what your job is, what the thing is, like mm -hmm. life gets busy, distractions come and it's yeah. easy to like even be busy doing good stuff, but not go deeper in Jesus. But yeah. you have, you've grown so much in just a love for Jesus and an mm -hmm. intimacy with Jesus over the last few months. Thank and um, just in the, the last couple of minutes, like we'd love to know like one thing that you've learned about Jesus kind yeah. of since, yeah. you know, the la whatever you said, August, you yeah. know, since you moved one thing that as you look back on the last so many months, that's been, that's yeah. been, you're like, dang, this is just something yeah. that I've taken away. Yeah. So the thought that I've had recently, and this may apply towards to, to people who feel like, they're called to ministry yeah. or or want to serve in ministry, whether it's full-time, part-time, or just yeah. volunteering. But one of the reoccurring thoughts that I've had as my experience with Jesus has deepened is um, I don't ever want my relationship with him to turn into a business transaction. Mm. Yeah. 
So I don't want to be reading my Bible just to get a sermon. Totally. I don't want to be reading my Bible just to learn how to pastor or disciple mm. somebody. Yeah. Uh, and I and I told him, I said, Lord, if 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 I ever start doing this just because I have to pastor <laughs> a church, you can have the church. Mm. I'll go work at a factory somewhere. Yeah. I don't care. It's not that important to me. Yeah. I just want to be in love with you. Come on. I want to be in love with you. And if we can live with the mentality that God loves us more than we could ever possibly imagine, and all he wants is for us to be in a loving relationship with him, then everything else just starts. It's almost like Jesus knew what he was talking about, right? When he said, seek the kingdom first, and everything else will come to you. Uh, Shocking. Yeah, (laughs) shocking. So I think my encouragement to all all of your listeners would be, um, whatever you do, whatever your walk of life is, whatever you're doing, whatever your career is, whether you're in ministry or not, do whatever you need to do to stay in love with Jesus. So good. Stay in love with Jesus. And one of the things I love about the podcast you guys are doing is giving people simple tools and principles to help them become self-feeders. Because mm. um, you can't feed everybody. They've got to learn yeah. to soak it up on their own and have a love for it. And and I'll say this. I'll close with this. One of the, one of the things that we like to say at our church is we believe that um, spending time with God can move from being something that you have to do to something that you get to do. Totally. I don't think anything that we do that we would consider religious should ever feel like we're mm. doing it out of duty. We should right. do it out of delight. Right. It should be, we should want to read our Bible. We should want to pray. And that comes from being in this intimate relationship with Jesus. Amen, dude. I love that. Love it, man. Thank you so much for being here and sharing dude, all this stuff. There's a lot of gold in the last 30 minutes or so. I really Thanks, appreciate man. it. Let me pray for you yeah. and your church and let's close it out. Thank you. Jesus, thank you so much for Jake and Cassie and their family. And we pray today that they'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd be filled with vision. And you promised, Lord, that when we were filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would give us power to be your witnesses all throughout the earth. And so we're just asking, God, that they uh, would see you and they would make you known in their lives, in their neighborhood, in their church, in their city, and in the nations of the earth. Lord, we thank you for Detroit. We bless Detroit in Jesus' name. We bless it as a comeback city, and we just release that prophetic word over that over that city. Lord, we thank you that you've put it in their hearts to carry that. We pray that they would carry it with more and deeper faith every day. They would believe, Lord, that any, any, no matter hard, what hardship that comes, no matter what discouragement that comes, they would hold on to that truth that you are you are bringing Detroit back, and you're going to bring Detroit back better than it's ever been. You're going to use Detroit for your glory in in that city and the surrounding areas and our nation and in the nations of the earth Lord, we thank you for that and, and just like jake just just told us about lord i pray that we would be a people that would learn to love you first and seek you first in everything that we do and that in doing so uh, we would find life and life to the full and that we would see you do more than we could ever ask or imagine so we love you today and we thank you for everything that you invite us into and for this amazing life that we get to live following you in jesus name amen Thank you, Sir Jake Baird. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of How to Pray. We would love to hear some feedback from you. Please comment on our YouTube channel, message us on Facebook or Instagram, and let us know anything that's encouraging you, and let us know any questions that you have about prayer that you would love to hear talked about and discussed in future episodes. Have an amazing day.